Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the Ezra Lip Hour, more or less, with your host, Ezra Lip, quite naturally. Thanks so much for tuning in. Not sure how, how you found it, but I'm glad you did. And with me today, uh, for this first episode, I have the one and only Dan Lebo Lebowitz. Lebo is uh, the guitar player and co-founder of his band ALO, Animal Liberation Orchestra, which formed with childhood friends Steve Adams and Zach Gill and Lebo and uh, eventually Dave Brogan. Um, as, early, as early as 1989, um, when uh, Steve and Lebo and Zach met in junior high, and we're going to get into that story in a moment. Um, they've since gone on to headline festivals all over the country. They've released five records uh, under Jack Johnson's label, Brushfire Records, and um, several, releases, several releases prior to that um, uh, independently, and uh, are a great band and have really done well. They uh, headline the Fillmore um couple nights every year um, on their annual tour to more. And Lebo also um, has his own band, Lebo and Friends, and he's kind of just this ubiquitous, consummate uh, sideman and guest artist um, playing with everyone from Phil Lesh and Friends to Steve Kimmock. And uh, I know he's played with Jack Johnson and toured with Brett Denon and played with Bill Kreutzmann, and really the list goes on so much. Lebo, uh, kind of, he's kind of someone that everyone knows Lebo, and everyone loves Lebo, myself included, um, and he's just, he's just the kind of guy you want, uh, you want on your, on your team, on your side, on your stage, in your, in your, at your gig. Um, so it was great to, have Lebo on the podcast for this introductory episode. Uh, here's a spoiler alert. Um, we are definitely going to be recording a second part of this conversation. Uh, we kind of went down a rabbit hole hearing about Lebo's start, meeting Zach and Steve in junior high and kind of their trajectory of um, tracing the history of playing music uh, with childhood friends and, and you know, and all that. So, and and we, it was quite a story, and we we barely got to present day activities. So, obviously, uh, that wasn't my intention. Um, but it was a great it was a great conversation nonetheless, and and I'm excited to share it with you. And I think you'll find it fascinating as I did. But uh, we agreed at the end of the episode that yeah, we definitely need to do uh, a part two because there's, there's so much that we didn't even get to talk about, and uh, we have that on the calendar already, and that will be coming out to you guys in a few weeks. I'm just going to, without further ado, I should say, uh, because particularly because I know that I'm someone that... Um, actually, I kind of I like a lot of ado, um, but it doesn't always go over. So anyway, without any further ado, please enjoy this interview with Dan Lebo Lebowitz. Dan Leibowitz, Lebo, welcome, welcome to uh, the Ezra Lip Hour, more or less. Um, yeah. And uh, thanks for doing this. You have the uh, distinct, distinct honor. Um, I, I hope it's an honor of being the mm-hmm. the first person um, to actually have an official uh, audio interview for for this new podcast. So um, uh, I'm delighted to have you, and, and thanks so much for for being on the show. Yeah, stoked to be here, and it is indeed an honor. Oh well, good to hear that. Great. So, uh, why don't we? Um, why don't we just? Uh, if if you could, why don't you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about some of your backstory and um, you know, you know, specifically related to your music career and. Uh, you know, when you started out and, and kind of let's trace some of the trajectory um, to where we are today and then we'll get into uh, more of where we are today. Um, but I think it's interesting to kind of go back in time a little bit and um, 
and dig deep and, and, and kind of see, see that process. And so if you could, if you could um, uh, guide us through that a little bit, um, that would be yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I, 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 I first, you know, my brother, my older brother was really into music. So, so kind of from before I was actually into anything, you know, like my older brother was into music. So, so and a lot of younger brothers kind of look up to their older brothers. So I think I, I was sort of naturally pulled that way in the first place because that was just kind of like the cool thing that was happening around my house. You know, how much older um, was he? He's two and a half years. Okay. You know, so when I was like a little kid, you know, I mean, it's hard to know ages, but I remember. Well, I know because I remember living in Berkeley, and we moved from Berkeley when I was probably about five or four and a half or five, and I I remember at that age like he was really into music, and had like the record. We had like a record player in our room. Wow. So he would have been, you know, like like seven around wow. there. That's great. Seven, that he was eight. Really... And yeah, he was really into like the Beatles and super into John Lennon. Interestingly, okay. like he was really into, into John Lennon. Nice. Um, and yeah, and all sorts of stuff like that. So so we, we started a band uh, with tennis rackets. And then he we had like <laughs> that, other for, friends that, that would come over. Guitar? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and like my brother would like, he'd get into it. He'd make like album covers. Wow. like drop album covers and stuff like and then we would he would you know he'd get real excited he would have like these gigs planned and you know i was pretty into it but then there'd be like other friends who he'd be trying to get him to play like a drum set made out of like a chalkboard and some other things uh, <laughs> you know so, some of the other kids would lose interest but 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 my brother was very resolute and i was you know it's my older brother so i would i would do anything he said anyhow like i was just excited to be around so nice <laughs> so that's my first taste in music yeah and then uh when i was in fifth grade uh so later on uh i want I, I wanted to play music and again then my brother at that point he was in junior high mm-hmm. and he was playing bass and had a band and i and i was like uh you know in, i was interested in music at that point I, you know i was in into music on my own at that point you know had my own bands i liked and stuff what were you listening um, to in fifth grade um well, you know, come to you know, come to think of it, I, it was just kind of probably like what was on the radio at that point. Okay, I'm trying to think. The, so really, for is, me, this is what year are we talking? This is uh, '80s. Yeah, like mid '80s. Okay, like mid '80s. Because I'm actually getting confused in my head because because it was really like, so. Here, let me tell the story because this is the thing. I so in fifth grade, I wanted to you know play guitar, and I got a guitar. And my folks were like, you know, we'll get you some lessons as long as you like, you know, uh, you know, practice every day, you know. And, and so and so I went and I got some lessons. I got the guitar. I got some lessons. And, and uh, you know, it just didn't really stick. You know, I was learning some chords and some scales and stuff, you know, and I would practice. But it was kind of like I wasn't really like I was kind of more going through the motions, you know. And then, and then I just decided not to do it because it was like not really sticking. But then in seventh grade, so then a couple of years later, I met Zach and Steve, who, uh, you know, who were in, uh, who I play with to this day in ALO. Yeah. Um, and we started talking about music. And that by then I was definitely like way into like my own music. And for me, it was really a lot of the British Invasion stuff. Like I was really into the Who. The Who was like my favorite band um, in seventh grade. I loved the Who. And I have a, a memory of something. Too with the who was in a in um in pinball wizard you know mm-hmm. you know when it's like that yeah and that when, when the, the song, song there's like wizard? yeah the song pinball wizard when the guitar is going in the beginning you know the dun 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 it just was so epic for me. It's, like I just it's a really I, I epic remember song. how it just made me feel so good. Like I would listen to that song like every day, uh-huh. like many times a day. You're and like, and I even to do the that. point where like one of the things I loved, if you go back and listen to it, is like, you know, it goes bottom. And then you feel you you know like that sound when on like a low guitar string when the gain's all up, when you take your finger off and it kind of squeaks a little bit. Uh-huh. The, 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 like people pro tools that shit out all right. the time now right like they, they, when they're cleaning stuff up yeah but with tape you know you can do that. and and that sound was is interesting i've like really cued into that too just the electricness of it like a finger hmm. you know bottom and then hearing the finger lifting up even like yep. that little squeaky sound you know in the background i just i just remember being so like uh just so turned on by the whole thing <laughs> just you know 
like it just got me got me fired up so that's awesome yeah and i i loved uh all the guitar in the who just all the set the sounds of it just were you really always uh were you were, were you always like guitars my thing or were you ever like um you know yeah i think i was always pulled towards guitar. it's funny because in fifth grade i got that guitar and then i didn't even end up really starting at that point you know like i said was that, and, and, but i kind of do you think that was because you didn't want to practice is that why it was hard no i th- i i i what i think it is and very pretty confident in this thought is that you know, I wanted to play guitar, but, but, you know, I went and got these lessons and he gave me scales and chords and, and it just didn't have any relevance sure. in my yeah. life. Like, like I wanted to like play yeah. music, yeah. you know? And for me being in fifth grade, like not having any friends at that, at that point I'd have, I mean, I had friends, I didn't have any friends who right. played music, you know? So it was like, you know, I, it was something I did after school once we got go get the lesson and then I practiced at home and I was, I was, you know, at least at that, you know, and part of my not been quite the right teacher, you know, because because he was kind of not really getting me in on songs. It was just like teaching these things. And it, and it, I, w- I really wanted to do it. I felt like I had like a desire to do it, but it just wasn't relevant in my life. It didn't really sure, mean anything. You, yeah. But then it's if you have no but context in seventh grade, it was totally different. Yeah, because then I had friends and we were like, let's we want to start a band, you know, mm-hmm. Zach, Steve and I um, and this guy, Matt and this other guy james and we were we wanted to start a band and i was like i have a guitar and then i went and just started like got a lesson and started learning tunes and then it was like you couldn't pull it out of my hand and then suddenly because it was like something like i do the i do a lesson but and then i practice a, a lot and then we would like do band rehearsals all the time like after school on the weekends we'd get together you know we had some gigs you know they they weren't uh anything nice. major i could tell you about our first gig yeah. that was actually kind of a, a neat story yeah, so the first gig was funny. So at this point, we decided we were going to be a band, you know, I, um, and and we knew the talent I, I show was coming up. Say you know, one thing to interject. So so yeah, Lebo's talking about Steve Adams and Zach Gill, who, as you mentioned earlier, just that you know these are his current day bandmates in ALO that he's been with all these years. So this is this is starting in seventh grade. That this kind of like amazes me to to think about that. To, I just wanted to emphasize. Yeah, that. so you know, cool. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's cool that way. I, you, you know, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, let's get back to the story, but what, what were you going to say? Oh, oh no, I was going to say, like, on that subject, it's interesting, yeah, because we were, like, we were friends, you know, before we, I mean, essentially before we played music. I mean, we all played a little music at that point, but, but, uh, but yeah, we were friends, you know, before we were in a band and all that kind of stuff, and it all kind of came out of that, you know, which is, which is cool. That's why I think we're all did, still did hanging you, did today. Did you meet you know? those guys in seventh grade, or did you... Uh... Okay. Yeah, seventh grade. I met him in seventh grade. Yeah, and actually, so we started like talking about the band in seventh grade, and we got, you know, we started kind of working on it. But it was really in in eighth grade that we we started kind of, uh, you know, it really became came a thing where we were starting to like do some gigs and stuff like well, that, you know. And I think our first gig was actually our first gig was actually in okay. eighth grade. It was in eighth grade, and we uh, we went. There was a talent nice. show. And so that was sort of like, we're going to like, oh, we're going to go audition for the talent show. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. So we found out when the auditions were and we go show up because there was a uh, talent show the year before, you know, that we saw. So, so OK, eighth grade, we got a band. We're going to be the talent show. So we go to audition and we show up with like our little, you know, practice room amps, which is what we had and stuff. You know? <laughs> and uh, and and we get there and it turns out that it wasn't a talent show it was a musical and that they alternate every year doing a musical and a talent oh, show oh man i don't know how we didn't get the memo on that like we literally thought we were showing up for a talent show audition what? but i guess we didn't Do you really remember read what musical it was <laughs> um it was the saga of dead dog okay. gulch it was like a not a famous right you know, right you know musical or anything so were they just like guys um, what, are, so, you, what so, are you doing what? well yeah so we showed up and they were like okay and I think they felt bad because, you know, they were like auditioning people doing, you know, whatever play audition. And then, uh, uh, you know, we like showed up with all our gear and stuff. And I think they felt bad. They're like, OK, go ahead and audition. <laughs> so we uh, we played. And then uh, they it was funny. They were like, OK, that was cool. They're like, we'll make a deal with you. Uh, no guys showed up. 
to try out for the for the musical and okay. we need guys in the musical if you'll be in the musical we'll let your band play it oh and we were like sweet we <laughs> nice. gotta get it so we were in the we were in the play you know and it was awesome we like we it was great and it was so fun and and uh it was really cool because actually being in the uh the play ended up maybe being a little bit of an advantage because we'd been on stage for the whole first act and by the time we went to go play our show like i was so much more confident in that than i was at sure acting right yeah (laughs) so like it was a relief it was it was very easy and there was like no nervousness you know what I mean? Which was kind of cool because I feel like my subsequent gigs after that for a little while, you know, because early on, I don't know if it was that way for you, but, you know, like, you know, you can get nervous. I, I think it's pretty normal to get nervous, especially when you're first starting in on that thing. And so it was real nice because the first gig, there just really was no sort of nervous energy. It was just like yeah, a lot of fun. Ready. And it was cool. It was at the school, the whole, all the, all our, you know, friends were there and all the other people in the school and we just got to play a rock and roll set. Sweet. Fun. It's great. Yeah, I was hooked. And basically. then, and then, were you guys just like full on from there? Let's keep. Let's. Uh... Yeah, pretty much. Then, so there were five of us at that time. Zach actually played guitar, so Zach and I both played guitar. We were this two is, guitar This band, is pre Dave Brogan. Pre way pre okay. Dave Brogan. Yeah, it was a guy named Matt West too. So then we went to high school. We all went to high school together, and then, uh, you know, the keyboardist ended up. He wasn't. He wasn't really as that into music. Wait, you know? it wasn't. What was Zach? Uh, Where's Zach was playing uh, oh. guitar, so it was two guitars, and there was another guy. Zach, and Zach was actually teaching the keyboardist huh. all the parts, and the keyboardist wasn't necessarily uh, grabbing okay. him that great, you know, compared to Zach. Zach could just okay. do way better. And at, then at that point, because Zach started playing guitar but maybe a little before me, so when it first started, you know, he, was, he probably knew more mm-hmm. on the guitar than me. Uh, but it got to the point where I was, like, working hard on guitar, and then Zach was way better than the keyboardist, so we just decided to be a four-piece, and... Zach switched over to keys and we cut him loose. We cut the yeah, keyboard was that, loose. Uh, do you remember that <laughs> it was, conversation? It was hard. It was emotional. Yeah. yeah, it was tough. I think we actually broke up. The, the whole band? Uh, and then reformed. Okay. Yeah, the whole band broke up because the whole thing was like some people wanted to rehearse a lot, like uh, like me and Zach and Steve and stuff, and other people were like not coming to the rehearsals, yep. you know? And then we were like, the band's over, you know, and it's so dramatic I, when you're oh, you yeah. know, at that point. I, rem- uh, I guess we were freshmen in high school. You know? high band <laughs> and it's for sure. And, yeah, and it feels like two months that is like a total eternity. So I think we like broke up. You know, this is yeah. we can't do this. You know? <laughs> and then like like probably like like three weeks later, Zach and Steve and Matt and I were all like, Man, let's play some music and then suddenly nice. we're back together. And what uh, uh yeah, so I can't believe I didn't ask, but what, what were you guys calling yourselves at this point? We were called Django. Okay. Um, yeah. Originally, the first thing was 1% Away. The, say that again? The first thing? The first thing when we were junior high was called oh. 1% Away. But then when we reformed in freshman year, we As called in, it Django. And then we were, from that point, we were into That was like our thing. And I really feel like music saved me, uh, honestly. Because that whole time of life, you know, when you're like, you know, junior high, early high school, like, uh, you know, it's such a self-conscious yeah. time. You know, you're like the you're you know you're you're hitting that sort of developmental stage where you're you're becoming conscious of yourself and 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 others and what you are you know what your uh, uh, identity you know conscious of identity absolutely what can I say and uh and you know for me it was like I sports were fun I didn't but uh, you know I didn't I didn't like love it I wasn't that amazing at it. I didn't love it you know school I was fine at school but I wasn't like hooked on that either and music was something that like I loved and I was able to like like just do a lot and like get results from it so for me it really like besides being just personally fulfilling uh, in a growing way you know and mentally and everything it was just uh socially it was so clutch for me because it was my identity like you know there are like the jocks and the this and the that and the and the smart kids and the church kids and i was i was a music rocker right, i was a rock right. and roll kid you know and that like and i was totally you know yeah was into it like that was and so it was fun that that like i feel like it really was like yeah when i look back i just i just view that as a really positive thing sure for uh just feeling comfortable in my in my it's shoes a, you know it's a 
it's an important time to feel comfortable and, and it's not certainly not everyone's experience. So yeah, that's your fortunate. No, it's the hardest yeah. time. I mean, for me, my memories of it, like, you know, junior high and, 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 and it's so, and it was kind of, especially junior high for me, it was like, like I was saying, like, I just didn't know what my identity was because I wasn't like latching in anything. And then as soon as music really came in there, uh, it was, yeah, it was just easy. Not easy, but it, it was easy for me to, uh, feel good in it. Yeah. You know? Uh, which kind of fed everything else. Give makes you confident, you know. And and I and where was uh, it's it's interesting, you know. Where where was your head at this point, as far as your, your relationship to where you guys were going? Because I, I asked because I remember when when I was like in you know eighth grade or uh, seventh grade or, or certainly in high school, you know, and playing with these bands, um, pr- probably even more so in junior high than high school. I I was like, you know, it 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 felt like th- this is the band, and we're gonna take over the world and yeah. be like these bands that we love, and like, you know, and then you know, you mentioned those band breakups, which were the you know, so if somebody leaves the band or you have to like have a talk with someone or like essentially yeah. kick someone out, it's like the biggest thing in the world, and you know, but like my head, I, I you know, it felt like. You know, it's like somebody might as well be documenting like the early days of the Beatles right now. You know, maybe yeah, not right, to that right. extreme. But you, but you know, I was I was like serious about it, and you know, felt it felt very important, and was like, you know, this is significant. And was it? Would, did you have that sense at all, or was it just like, yeah, we're just friends and we're jamming and we're, you know, like where was it on that spectrum? Yeah, no, it definitely felt significant in that way, and and yeah, I think to some extent, like you, you have to sort of like. I almost feel like probably everyone really believes that, like, like they're going to be the next huge band or something mm-hmm. when you're like that age and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you're like doing it. It's almost like that, like that sort of, uh, uh, magic, you know, that magic element of the whole thing is, yeah. is part of, it's the majesty of rock, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, I think, you know, I think with a lot of music too, I think probably like I've, a lot of jazz musicians, same thing, you know? Sure. Same thing, like you sort of believe you're gonna like change the the, the face of the world or something. Be the next, whoever. (laughs) Yeah, 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 totally. But um, but 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 I know for me, uh, so we started doing it. You know, like eighth grade was our first gig, right? And then, and I was into it. And then freshman year rolled around, and sophomore year, and that became like our thing. You know, we would do these like gigs in the quad. You know, the lunchtime gigs, and we play some dances we start playing you know like school dances and nice and then parties you know mm-hmm. uh you know that kind of thing and it and and all that was cool and i was i remember i remember like like loving it and being like oh it'd be so cool if i could like do this you know yeah and then i, I have a, a pretty specific memory i was a junior it's kind of cheesy actually this memory but but it's it's totally real so so i stand by it but uh, I was at the the graduation of the senior class because some of my friends were seniors, you know, when I was junior. You know, they were, I had some friends who were a year older. So I was at their graduation. And uh, one of the students, the seniors, was given a speech, you know, like a real hopeful, like, you know, we can do anything. You know, it's just kind of like what you're talking about a second ago, but like not in terms of music, just in terms sure. of like, you know, like reach for the stars kind of speech, you know, mm-hmm. motivational speech. And it was a nice speech. And I remember like up to that point, I had my whole thing been like, oh, it'd be so cool if I could do this. And then she said some stuff in her speech, like, like, you know, we don't have to do, do the thing you're supposed to do. You know, you can, you can just work hard at what you love, and, you know, and like, and be that. And I remember like in that moment being like, yes, ah. I can do music. So that was like my junior high school. I, I, I committed to it. Nice. That that like yeah. that was like actually like it was a, a moment a moment for you. Yeah. Yeah. I Very left cool. there like all like tingly. I nice. remember I was like so excited and just you know I think you know like yeah just like like it was kind of like the moment where I was like yes I can I can do this mm-hmm. and it's funny never never looked back since right right it was, it was That's... a moment you know some things in life are gradual and you don't really know you know, how and when they happen. And that was definitely one of those like, like boom kind of moments. That's great. Um, but, yeah. but I mean, okay, but not to get too off track of the, I'm enjoying this trajectory, but you know, you said, you yeah, never we're lo- stuck it. We're stuck in adolescence. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you, well, you said you never looked back, but surely, 
surely there's there's there must have been moments of of, of struggle. Uh, yeah, there was one moment where I did did consider actually for a minute, and it was it was much later though. So it was like, so it was like I went uh, I went to uh, you know. So we finished high school. We put out we put out our tape, you know, like senior year of our original music, and uh, and it was so cool. Like we we like sold out of them like the first week. Nice. You just sold. because all of the students and like especially being a senior, it wasn't just like our classmates. It was like every younger kid. Yeah, totally. Like looks up to the seniors, so like all the younger kids bought them. And it was and, like sorry, the thing where, to get. Where is this? Uh, where are we now? This is in location? Saratoga. Saratoga. Okay. California. California. Yeah. So yep. kind of, you know, South Bay. Okay. Kind of outside, kind of in between San Jose and Santa Cruz, sort of. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so so that was a real big boost for us. And we did a gig uh, at a place called the Cactus, or sorry, not the Cactus Club, at uh, One Step Beyond, which was like a rock club in uh, in San Jose. Nice. Um, it was related to the Omni and the Stone that were, you know, up more in the North Bay. And they were kind of like the rock clubs. It was where like the pay-to-play shows happened, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, for people who don't know what a pay to play is, it's like basically like the bands, you go in and it's not like a typical show where you just, you know, the band gets paid to come play. With pay to play, the whole thing is like, they're like, okay, uh, this room holds uh, 400 people. You know, there's there's three bands playing. So each of you guys has, has 133 tickets you're going to buy from us right now. <laughs> and then do whatever you want with them. Sell them or, you wow. know, you know, or I give actually... them away. But you had to pay. Like it was like they were, you know, they were like, we're selling the room out tonight i'm, I'm <laughs> gonna i'm gonna plead ignorance i actually just thought that was an expression that had to do with just like you know shitty gigs where you work and no, like money. pay to play yeah wow. no you, back i didn't then realize it was, it was actually like you it was a thing back then wow, yeah it was that's... like a thing at the rock clubs i think i think it's may have started like in la like on the sunset strip that kind of scene because you mm -hmm. always heard about it down there you know but it really just put the responsibility on the bands you know and and for us, again, it worked so well because here we are like seniors in high school. We're like the only band in the school. Uh, it's it's like, uh, you know, I think it was like a 16 and up club or something like that. So like Interesting. every senior and and some juniors who were old enough, like all like clamored to buy tickets from us. And again, we just sold all our tickets right away. Awesome. And then we had to like go back and try to get more tickets from them. So, so it was, again, it was like a real boost. Like we didn't have to start with like a, you know, a stressful like promotional scene it was just it was pretty easy we just sold them and then so but it was funny we were paired with these two other bands that were like older they were you know not in high school at all they were like you know they seemed really old to me but they were probably in like their very early 20s sure you know? yeah but at the time like they just seemed like these old guys and they all had like long hair and they wore spandex and <laughs> had lots of piercings and teased out hair you know because i was kind of like this you know there was a rock club you know yep so you know, this was kind of this was kind of when grunge was becoming a thing, but it was, but this sort of scene was still kind of in that throwback to the, you know, the the scene before that. So, but it was funny. But they were like bands who were trying to, you know, they're out there trying to get their thing together. And so we were on first, of course, because we were like the kids, you know. Um, but we sold all all tickets, and it was awesome. We got in there, and the place was full of all our fans, you know, uh, which were not really our fans; they were just our people from our school. But that's, I mean, they were. They all awesome, knew all though. our songs. I mean, that's... Yeah, they knew the songs. They had the tape. You know, they knew the music. They were singing along. And then we got up there and we did our 45-minute set. And it was like just uh, such a boost, you know, to have it all go so well. Mm. And that was like another one of those ones where you're like, okay, cool. We can do it. So, sorry, I feel like I'm spending uh, uh, sort of telling the long story. But from there, it's, that was our senior year. Yeah, and then there we were like, okay, now we're going to move off out of town, you know, because, uh, you know. We graduating high school. It's time to time to go. Right. Um. So what's gonna happen with the band? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but what we did was it was interesting because I actually I really wanted to go to Berkeley School of Music in Boston, and I went out there and like you know toured the school and was really excited about it. Um. Uh. And then uh you know everyone kind of had their interests and we just all applied to a bunch of schools and then, you know we all got into a bunch of places but the one place that we all got into was UC Santa Barbara. Mm. Um, and so I remember we were just like so fired up on the band. We were like, well, that's where we're all going. So wow. We, we figured it out. So we all just like went there. Were your families uh, supportive of that decision? Yeah, totally. I think they were really excited. Cause, you know, it's like a UC school, which yeah. is, you know, has its, as far as parents or 
generally happy to yep, their kids sure, to go sure. to university. You know? And, and you're, um, not, you're not too far from home, but far away. Enough. No, yeah, totally. Just far enough, actually. Yep. Yeah, it's like, it was like, you know, four and a half hour drive, that yep. kind of thing. So, so yeah, it was cool. It was like, and we went down there and, and I think it turned out to be really good because I, you know, I majored in music down there and, and, uh, you know, while it's, it's nowhere like the jazz program, you know, the Berkeley would have been, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it was a, it's a really cool music program. You know, it's more in the classical world, but it's, it's, you know, it's a serious uh, music program there. Mm-hmm. And, and, but maybe more importantly was the fact that Isla Vista at the time, which is like the college town there mm-hmm. was just a raging party town. Mm-hmm. So we got to gig like all the time. Right. Right. Which is like, I always say like, that's where I actually learned most of the stuff. Like I would learn stuff at school, mm-hmm. which was cool. But uh, again, it almost goes back to like, when I was a kid, you know, the first time when it was a little more abstract, but then when I had friends actually play with, I really got into it. It was the kind of the same thing in college. Like, like it made me so into the stuff in school in that I actually had like an outlet, you know? Yeah. So we just, and what we would do is, it's funny, me and Zach uh, would go, I remember, I have many memories of this. We would go out, you know, on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever. We would just go out on our skateboards, you know, in the after, later afternoon. And when we would see people like loading a keg into a house we just be like you guys you guys want a band for your party and they just pretty much usually always say yes yeah <laughs> and then we would just go sweet we'll be back in two hours that's awesome and then we'd bring down our little pa system and our amps and set up on you know in back you know garages and and driveways and and we just really got to play a ton and it was a nice scene down there there was like you know there were a handful of bands, but not so many that the competition was that crazy. Uh-huh. But but there was a handful, so there was a scene, and it was definitely like the thing. Like people wanted bands at their parties. It wasn't like there were, nobody was really getting DJs at all. Right, right. There was none of that. It was like get a get a rock and roll band. Yeah. Like, you know, keg and rock band was like the two best things to have at your party. Yep, yep. Still is <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. totally. Except, but it's weird because you know even just you know you know, for, uh, for many years now too, like you go down to Isla Vista and it's way more about the DJs. Oh, okay. You know, DJs, kegs still, mm-hmm. <laughs> but kegs and DJs now, yeah. more, I think down well. in the college, that college area. So, so again, it was good timing in that way, you know, it was like very band vibe. So, so that was great. I feel like we got to really learn how to just play in front of people and, you know, is this, uh, or is Brogan in the band at this point? Uh, he wasn't so our, our, when we first came down to school, our drummer from high school came too. but then he, he left after the first year. And then throughout our time in Santa Barbara, we went through a, a few different drummers, but Brogan was one of them for okay. a good chunk of time. Actually, I think it was probably around our third year down there or something uh, that we met second into third year, kind of around that time. And we met him and we, uh, and we were so psyched cause we used to watch his band all the time. His okay. band was called Evil Farmer. We used to go, starting from when we were freshmen, I think actually the first weekend that I went out, I remember me and Steve went out into Isla Vista and Zach wasn't there. I remember he was, he had a long distance uh, relationship. So he was out visiting his girlfriend at the time. And Steve and I like oh. ventured into Isla Vista and we like heard some music off in the distance and we kind of wandered up and it was like this kind of like, uh, you know, driveway in the front of a house that went back in this little garage and we just kind of like followed the music over and then suddenly... We could still, it was getting louder, and then there was this, like, crowd of people around, and then we just kind of walked over towards the crowd, and then kind of, like, you know, walked through the crowd of people right up to the front, and, and just, the band just, just pulled us in, and, and that was Brogan on drums in that band, Evil Farm. Nice. Yeah, so then, uh, shortly after that, like I said, he started playing drums with us, which was really cool. It was kind of like a dream for us. Was, he was, he was uh, a few years older? Yeah, he was a few years older, yeah. So like so he was like an established musician. Right. Like their band was kinda like one of the the sort of main bands okay. out of Vista probably. So yeah. So it was really cool to get to play with him. We all we all looked up to him in that way. Was he and, pretty um, agreeable when you asked if he would play with you guys or Well, so it was actually it wasn't it wasn't right away. It was like it was a couple years after we probably first saw him, but we got to know him and then and then his band had kind of, you know, they were, since they were older, some of them had left town. And, and so he was playing with some other bands, but that band wasn't really happening anymore. And the, and the bands he was playing with were, you know, they were gigging, but they weren't as like established bands. So he basically just had some time. And then what it was, it, oh, this is what happened though. It was so interesting. We had a garage at our house and he was starting up a band with some friends and they just, 
I forget what, if they like didn't have a, a, a rehearsal space or if they had lost their rehearsal space or something happened, but you know, we kind of knew him and suddenly he was like, he's like, Hey, can I bring my, can I store my drums in your guy's garage? Hmm. <laughs> it's like, which was so crazy. We're like, Oh, this is like the drummer we'd like dream of playing with. Yeah. And he just asked us if he could store his drums at our house. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you're like, yes, yeah, of course you can. Yeah. Just, yeah, exactly. We're like, how about set him up? And yeah. Then, and then, you know, he knew us, he'd seen our band at that time, so you must have known, you know, so. So then we just started jamming with him, and then it was cool, he was that summer then, he was going to be going to Georgia for the summer um, to uh, visit a friend, uh, his ex-girlfriend actually, not to visit, but to go out there because uh, uh, James Brown uh, is from Augusta, Georgia, and that's where his ex-girlfriend uh uh, grew up and right, lived. I was waiting. I knew we were going to get into James Brown territory at some point. Yes. And I was, so I'm this glad. is where it happened. So okay. he was basically, we started playing with him, you know, it was towards the end of the school year. And we were starting to have fun and the band was starting to happen, you know, and we were like getting some stuff together and we had some new originals with him and we were gigging a lot, you know. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, I'm going to Georgia. You know, my friend, my ex-girlfriend uh, lives out there. She's in James Brown's band. Uh, she'd been singing backup with him at that point for a couple years Sorry, or years. His ex-girlfriend was singing with James Brown. Yeah, backup. Yeah, her name's Amy Christian, and huh. she 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 got a gig with James Brown. You know, after she school, was, she went she was, back out there. Was she also, you know, early twenties, like young young lady? Yeah, and, she yes, she was like maybe she was maybe a couple years older than Brogan. Okay. Brogan's a few years older than us. So. Okay, just curious. So so she was maybe like five or six years older than us. I'm okay. guessing. I don't know something like that. Um. Um, yeah, she finished school and went back there and then auditioned and got a gig with him. And then basically like they had had, you know, I think cause Brogan plays keyboards too. And there was a vacancy in that band on keys and she was like, you should come out and audition. Whoa. Yeah. And he was like, yes. So, mm -hmm. so we went into the studio. I remember me and S Steve, I think it was with Steve too. We went into a studio and cut a little demo with Brogan where Brogan tracked drums, bass and, uh, sorry drums and then i was on guitar and steve on bass and then he overdubbed keys you know so we did like a couple tunes okay and made a little demo i mean we did the chicken you know uh-huh yeah so we did that one and then maybe one of his originals i can't remember um and uh we made a little demo and then he was going out to georgia and then we were like it was just like summertime and we were like basically just gonna be doing summer jobs or whatever you know and and suddenly our drummers leave. We, you know we had nothing holding us down yeah and so we're like, you know, we're like, oh, Georgia, that sounds cool. And he's like, hey, you want to come? So we're like, yeah, like, we'll go to Georgia. Let's go. Let's yeah. all go out there. <laughs> like, yeah. see what happens. Um, in the meantime, of course, um, it, it's kind of funny, like, maybe when you're young, you don't really realize it, but it seemed like, oh, there's a keyboard vacancy. We'll come out there in a month or two and audition. It's like, <laughs> there's like a vacancy. It was like filled within a week or so. Right. Probably. So, right. so by the time we got out there, there were no uh, keyboard auditions to be had for. For Dave, like they're, you know what I mean. He, James Brown was touring all the time. He was sure, like waiting around, sure. you know, holding auditions for him. He just probably had lists of people right. who he could could get in there. And so, uh, yeah. uh, but suddenly we were out there, and it was cool. You know, Amy had a house out there, and I remember like, like we basically just like chipped in, you know, uh, to help pay rent out there for the summer, and it was like so cheap. It was like. I don't know. My memory of it is it was something like a couple hundred bucks for all four of us. Jeez. Yep. For the month, you know, because right. it was like we were. First of all, this is a long time ago. Right. You know, this is in the in the in the you know mid late nineties, but also it was like Augusta, Georgia. It wasn't like Santa Barbara. Yeah. You know? Sure. California. Sure. Yeah. So so it was, it was the things were less, which was cool. So so we went out there and then we just can we just gigged all summer at it. We just got these clubs, you know, and we. Some of them were like after hours clubs um, and we would just gig at these clubs and then hang out and write music. She had a shed out there. So we just lived there and she would kind of come come back and forth because she's, you know, on the road with James Brown and he toured a ton. So I, she would be like gone for a while and then back. And, I imagine that must have been um, a unique experience. Like, well, besides the fact that um, uh, Augusta, Georgia is is no doubt very different than Santa Barbara, but but even but just the fact that, you know, up until now in your story it's like you guys have been seemed like kind of enveloped in this cocoon of supporters almost you know in like yes, these small totally. towns and your communities and schools yeah. and it must have been um interesting to okay then you're in the middle of 
you know, you're in the middle, you're in the South and you don't, you're not from there and you don't know people there. And then totally. And you're playing in these probably kinds of places you haven't been in before. And now it's like, exactly. So how did, you know, was that, how did that go? It was cool. It was totally culturally. Yeah. I was like definitely going to a different world, you know? And, uh, you know, we were basically just, you know, we took any gig we could get, you know, yeah. Whether it paid or not, mm-hmm. you know, we were just like, we just wanted to play music. So we were, you know, I just remember we would go to the grocery store and like buy a bunch of cans of tuna fish and, you know, some a loaf of bread, some peanut butter, and, you know, basically yeah. I love, this uh, uh, super low tuna, rent, you know, we just lived in this house. They're my favorite. What's that? Peanut butter tuna sandwiches are like one of my yeah. favorite foods. So <laughs> yes. it's great. Not together. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, but it was it was uh, it was cool because we just didn't need anything really yeah. except music. That's yeah. like all we needed. And so, again, it was sort of a continuation of the learning process for us to just you know because it's sort of like you just have to do it a lot. You know, like mm-hmm. with so many things in life, like yeah, like the, just the more you do it, the better, the better it gets. Without without even you doing anything, you're just gonna get better if you just do it. Absolutely, know? absolutely. Um, so like so so we went out there and it was really cool because Amy uh, brought us to meet James Brown a few times and then he had like a local radio station so he sent sent us over to the radio station and put us on the air so that was really cool Wait, and who meet, James Brown meeting, did? yeah yeah he had a, a radio station in Augusta Georgia interesting okay and he sent us over and put us on the air had him play like our CD and stuff nice was um, he, yeah uh, it was awesome was he and we met pretty him cool. oh he was amazing yeah yeah, the, I, I'm, yeah we, we we met him a few times oh. that summer. And he would call us the, the boys from California. That's what he, he started calling us. And uh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was great. I mean, you know, he's such a, a, a rare person. He's the rarest of people. I, I know we, we talked about this briefly uh, recently. Um, you were describing that you could feel his presence yes before it was you even, so crazy you know if you walked into a room before you even saw him in the room you could you know feel him enter you could feel him enter i swear like his charisma was so rare it was like it was yeah it was so crazy like yeah like like i remember yeah like what we went over to the airport to pick amy up you know and she's like come on and I'll, I'll, this is i think the first time we met him and she's like i'll introduce you to to Mr. Brown, you know, hmm. definitely. Need, we, she told us that. Referred to him as Mr. Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, we need mm-hmm. I love Mr. Brown. You know, he's a proper guy that way. Um, so, so, but yeah, I remember we were waiting there and we were talking and and uh, we were over. You know, she she was off off the plane or something and and he wasn't even even in the room yet. But then suddenly I like we all kind of got this feeling and he turned around and suddenly he was there and it was like it's really hard to describe and put into words, but it's very real. Yeah. And, and I, I kind of feel like, I think this is the context of that conversation we were having a little while back when we were just hanging out. But like, like I think that, uh, there's, there's certain people, I just think it's a super rare thing. And some people have a a crazy charisma, you know, and I think, you know, my, my feeling is that like, you know, that's probably like the kind of thing Jesus had, you know, it's the kind of thing Hitler had, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like these people who just really command, you know, throughout history, like the presence, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm like sad to say it, but I think, I think Donald Trump has that quality too, somewhat, Mm -hmm. you know, that he like, like his charisma really like, like you kind of like look at him, whether you love him or hate him. Right. You know, you can't help but like look at him when his face pops up on the TV or the news or whatever, you know what I mean? Although I would say, I would say that I, I agree with that about about all those people, but um, I, I imagine. Well, I, I don't I don't know for sure, but I, I imagine that it it probably is some sort of this natural thing. But I imagine that it it, it uh, over time kind of propels itself. You yes, know? I do think that's you know, probably it, true. Yeah, it snowballs. You're right. Like yeah, James. but it's some charisma, you know. Like yeah. That oh, they abso- absolutely. Must have, you absolutely. Know? Absolutely. But, you know. But you know, but it's it it develops over time too, especially as yeah, people totally. start to to look at you like that yeah you know this is funny like while we're speaking to all those people who were mentioned who we just mentioned Mm -hmm. have very iconic uh hair in some way hitler's mustache yeah james brown's hairstyle Mm -hmm. donald trump's hairstyle jesus's flowing long hair and beard right that's kind of i just like this coming to my mind 
not to say it's a hair thing, but, but it's even like a visual, like, and then that way, that's probably true. Like these people kind of take on a, like a very unique look, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like some combination of that and their voices, you know, like all those people's voices are, you know, you know, I mean, we don't know what Jesus's voice was like, nor do we even know what Jesus looked like. Or his hair. Yeah. Yeah. That's all like, like after the fact, (laughs) what people ascribe to him, you know. But the other three, at least. <laughs> yeah, know? sure. You know, so it's it's interesting thing. It's an interesting thing. But yeah, we went out to, back to our story of music. Okay. That was really awesome, too. And, and hanging around his band, too, because whenever, when you know, when Amy was off the road, she'd be back and uh, uh, she'd come sit in with us at our gigs and Keith, the guitar player, would come sit in and, and we would go to the sh- any of the shows in the area. We would, like, go and, you know, hang backstage and, just getting to kind of be around a, a pro, you know, band like that and a legend like James Brown was really awesome just to kind of see the whole inner workings of it. And, you know, it was very inspiring too. Cause you, you know, you probably again, learned, like, what's that? I was going to say, you, you probably learned a lot about just the, the music industry too, you know, kind of the inner workings of, of that. Yeah, totally. If, if you were totally. At the yeah. I mean, just that and... somewhat, but, but even at, a lot of it at that point was just the fact that we had, you know, just like been around hanging out with party bands and bands that played bars, you know, and that right. was sort of like our first experience hanging with something, you know, uh, you know, on the like legit pro level. So yeah, just that well, I mean, level. That, I mean, not even playing. for that. That's, that's legend level. That's yeah, exactly. You know, totally. more, that's a couple steps above just pro, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that was really cool and inspiring and, and, and exciting and, and a, a neat influence, you know, yeah. and all that. And then we went back to Santa Barbara, you know, after that. But we took that with us, I mm-hmm. think. Then it, things kind of changed for us, too, because then mm. we, at that point we were kind of wrapping up at Santa Barbara. We just had a couple of years left, you know, and so I think we were starting to think beyond that. And then for me, I always wanted to go to San Francisco. I kind of you know, pretty soon after we got to Santa Barbara, you know, because I was really into a lot of like the kind of acid jazz and stuff, you know, okay. it was happening in, in San Francisco in the, uh, you know, kind of in the 90s, you know, the the mid 90s and that that time. And 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 uh, I remember I used to like borrow my neighbor. We kind of looked we actually didn't look that much like at all, but enough that I could borrow his ID. Hmm. So when I wasn't 21, and my brother lived in San Francisco, he lived in the Mission District, okay. uh, uh, right off uh, uh, Guerrero Street, actually. Nice. Uh, so I would like borrow my neighbor's ID and just like shoot up for a couple of days and stay at my brother's and just go like see all these bands, you know, whatever I could see, you know. Uh, and there was a neat, a real cool scene of bands there, you know, people like you know Charlie Hunter and uh, T.J. Kirk. I remember we used to go see them and. That was the band with Hunter and Amendola and yep, uh, yep, and who else? And was uh, Will Bernard was in that band. Okay, yeah, and they did all all like Thelonious Monk, uh, James Brown, and Rashawn Roll and Kirk. Nice. <laughs> cool. Wow, I didn't oh, I didn't realize that was that oh, was it. Yeah, oh, those T.J. Were the Kirk resources. Yeah, exactly. Oh wow, very cool. I think it was actually called James T. Kirk, but then they had some sort of problem when they got signed. Okay, because like James T. Kirk was a sort of like trademarked name you know or something okay you know because that actually made it even cooler you know james t right right but uh so they called tj kirk but but we used to go see them and 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 you know places like the elbow room you Uh know and up and down club i remember this band mingus among us that i totally dug and Hmm. and uh there was that band alpha soup actually jay lane i was like jay lane's project you know nice so i would like sneak out and go to these these go stay at my brother's and just like go go check out all these bands and like i just really like that whole scene in the mission district at that time and south of market too you know it's like kind of kind of those two areas um and i would just go up as much as i could and kind of as soon as i was about halfway through santa barbara i knew uh, i want to move to san francisco like as soon as i'm done here, I'm like, mm-hmm. that's where i'm going and then uh when we finished school we, i moved up to the bay right away and then the rest of the band came up after that summer um but this sort of leads to that thing when we were discussing uh, how I said I never looked back, and then you asked me, "Well, was there ever a time?" And, there, and this was actually the time because when I moved first moved up, you know, I'd been like so excited about music, 
um, you know, from that moment in my junior year where I decided this is what I was going to do, I, I literally never looked back. And then I got up there and the rest of the band was still down in Santa Barbara, you know, for those couple months. And again, when you're younger, it's interesting, like two or three months is like a really long, it's like a season is like yeah. kind of a chunk of your life, you know, mm -hmm. at that point. Mm -hmm. So like I first got up there and, you know, my, my girlfriend at the time, she was from San Francisco. So, so she graduated too and we went up there and, and it was weird because suddenly like I didn't have any gigs, you know, and I like, I, I was like so excited. I got to San Francisco and then it was like, oh, now what? And I just started like, you know, going down to jam sessions, but I didn't really know anyone in town, you know? Uh -huh. Um, you know, uh, I moved, I moved back in with my parents right at first, you know, just cause I needed a place to crash and mm -hmm. they were, uh, they opened the door and welcomed me, you know? Um, so that was down in the South Bay, but I was, I was going up to San Francisco all the time and I was going to see a ton of music, but I just didn't really have a musical community of my own. And I was going to like the jazz jam sessions and other things, but just wasn't really, you know, I just didn't have anyone I was close to and the, and, and the band was down and in Santa Barbara still. So we just weren't even really gigging. We were actually kind of between drummers because our drummer at that point uh, was not Dave Brogan actually when we finished school. It was the it was actually the director of the, the jazz program, the hmm. jazz band and everything down in Santa Barbara. He'd, he'd become our drummer oh, cool. towards the end down there. And that kind of we was when our... I, in a way, I should back up because that time towards the end in Santa Barbara was when the band started to get really good. We got a horn section and... You know, we we had a great drummer. You know, in the 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 like I'm saying, it was like yeah, the, was the jazz faculty. band director. Was, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, he was like young faculty though, so he like he like wanted to go out and play nice like gig too. You know, so he was down to like do do parties or play clubs. You know what I mean? That's great. He was into that, and he liked rock and roll music too. So nice. So it's kind of an outlet for him, I think, too. You know, and we were sort of like his best students in mm. that in a way. You know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't, I, that sounds kind of arrogant or something, but whatever. You know, we were like, you know, some of the other students were like studying music and but, but we were like, oh, we were doing it. You know, we were out there like playing gigs, and, you know, yeah. at that point. That was towards the end. Um, but anyhow, so we went from that. I move up and we know the drummer's not coming with us. Um, and the two, those two guys are down there. They're planning on moving up like after the summer, but it was all real up in the air. And I get up there, like I said, and suddenly like I had no community. It was the first time that happened to me. And, and I'd been in like little kind of little places prior to that, you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, growing up in, in Saratoga to like Santa Barbara is not like a big, you know, metropolitan area, you know, there's a handful of bands. We, we were, we had a thing going down there, you know, uh, you know, and out in Georgia, Augusta, Georgia's, you know, we, we had a cool thing going there and, mm -hmm. and suddenly I was in like San Francisco and there's all these like amazing big, you know, well-known bands. And I was just like a guitar player of, mm -hmm you know right yeah another guitar player like showing up the jazz jam session you know right sitting yeah. in, in line on the side with all the other guitar players and it just didn't feel very and, and, great and you honest. know and i'm you know i mean i'm I, i'm i'm getting in jazz isn't like your 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 primary dialect either i would say exactly you know, exactly so. exactly which is interesting though at that time i was i was i was very excited about I mean, I'm still very excited about it, but at that time too, I was, I was pretty excited about it. So it seemed like a, you know, logical thing, but yeah, whatever it was, it was, it was definitely not like, uh, yeah, like it was cool, but it suddenly it was like kind of the first time I didn't really feel like totally confident, you know, and sure. I kind of remember questioning at that time. At this point where you, was any of it, um, like it, it were you know how much was like economics a factor at this point for you? Was it like was any of it like I don't know if I can make a living doing this or was it kind of just no? Like, I it don't wasn't that much because so 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 I moved in with my folks and then I started. Uh, I actually I got kind of I got kind of a cool job actually. It was uh, I was getting my guitar set up, you know, like repaired by the by the guy in town down in the South Bay. This guy Keith Holland, who who's a really great luthier, amazing luthier, and uh. You know, when I just growing up, that's like I'd bought my guitars at his shop. You know, I'd mm. taken my guitar there, so I knew him over. The, he knew me. You know, I, I think when I first took lessons, it was in his shop. You know, he rented out a little space to teachers and stuff. So, so he knew. You know, we knew each other, and 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 when I came up to get fixed, you know, we we're just talking. I was like, yeah, I just moved back to my parents. You know, just back. You know, back in the bay. Want to get me get a music thing happen up here, and he had just. Uh, 
his apprentice had just left. So he was looking for an apprentice, actually. And I'd always been super interested. I used to, like, hang out when I was younger, you know, in high school. I would hang out at the guitar shop kind of a lot, like, uh, because it was it was cool. It was, it was kind of like after school, I could walk over there uh, and hang there on my way home. And, and it was fun because guitars would always come in there to, like, pick up their guitars, you know. Yeah. Uh, after getting them worked on and what do you do when you pick up your guitar after getting it worked on you like go sit down and plug it into an amp and play it to mm -hmm. like make sure it feels right you know yeah um and so i would just hang out and it, when i and it'd be oh how'd you do that like, i was probably like an annoying little kid you know but i'd always be like oh that's cool man will you show me that and, <laughs> and most people were pretty psyched to like to like have someone interested in what they were doing is the truth you know like i found it so i learned a lot this is you know this is going back this is in high school so so, uh, but, but so anyhow, so when I got back and I was, this was, you know, right when I moved back to Bay and Keith was like, he's like, man, if you want to, if you're interested, like, come do it. Like my apprentice just left and he totally trust me because he knew me through the years, you know? Um, and I was like, yeah, but I love actually like working, you know, with tools and that kind of thing. Like I'm kind of into that too. So, so I, I started apprenticing with him and that was, it's been like, such a cool thing i apprenticed with him for about a year and a half and after that uh ended up uh doing all the repairs at hit ashbury music center for about a year after that so hmm. um which then once i started kind of touring with bands that that all ended but it was a cool two-year period of my life that taught me so much about the guitar yeah uh beyond the musical part of the guitar like all right. the other stuff which has been so fun and i think that really leads to why i do what i do with my instruments and my effects and stuff a lot of my stuff's real like diy yeah i mean you, kind of stuff yeah totally you so but 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 backing up to that moment that was where i questioned it yeah i was like it was weird it was a weird moment i remember having that little thoughts during that summer like i was still working on music but i remember having thoughts like man maybe i need to go like get a job you know like you know like <laughs> i don't know i just I didn't know like, what I was going to do. Maybe like I need to go a, back to school and study something else, you know. Okay. I had thoughts like that. I was still working on music, but I remember I just, I, it just wasn't, it was the first time in my life where it wasn't like, I wasn't getting like a lot of positive feedback, you know. Right, right. Because I just didn't have a scene, you know yep, what I mean. Yep. In the past, I was in kind of like I said, smaller places and kind of having like, you know, being like in the scene, you know. Yep, yep. And suddenly I didn't have that and it was kind of weird. Uh, but then uh, the guys moved up. I actually broke up with that girlfriend and then we just went on like a sort of, yeah, I'd almost call it a road trip. We called it a tour at the time. Okay. We had about a, a few gigs booked and we were like, we're going to drive to the East coast and back. And we went out for like two months, just jumped in a van Did and we had, we had a few gigs, gigs booked up? and then we, what's that? Did I asked if we had gigs, gigs booked. Yeah. We had a few gigs booked along the way. I think we had one in like, you know, uh, like one in Arizona and one in uh, uh, New Orleans for sure. Mm -hmm. And then I think maybe our next one was Georgia. So okay. It was like three gigs. And and, but we did random. lots of street performing. You know, we'd like okay. pull over wherever in, in, uh, in you know, Memphis and, and just it, find the area it, where people hung out and perform on the street. And is this with we played Brogan in Nashville. Now? We had a gig in Nashville too. I mean, is, is Brogan in the band at this point? No, this was Still just me, Steve, and Zach. Yeah, we just oh, went out. And our friend no Rob, actually. And sorry? You say? And our friend Rob came with us, Rob. too, actually. He played percussion. Okay. And we just, like, went out. And, we, you know, and then I was back hooked on music again. Mm -hmm. Nice. Because I had my scene, you know, and we, went, we just went out and played every day. And yeah. Drove around the country for a couple months. And then when we got back to San Francisco, we got with this drummer. Uh, this guy's name was Sri Sham Das. And then we just hit hit the ground running and got a weekly gig at a place called Mix Lounge, okay. uh, which at the time, it was kind of, uh, they kind of had, they actually did a lot of the New Orleans music back then. That was kind of the club. Like now it's kind of more like Boom Boom Room. Uh -huh. But back in the old days, Boom Boom, you know, was like John Lee Hooker's Blues Club. Okay. And it was more like blues musicians. And the New Orleans bands that would come would, would often play Mix Lounge. Like I saw Rebirth Brass, or uh, sorry, yeah, Rebirth Brass Band for the first time, Walter Wolfman Washington. You know, guys like that, like the New Orleans kind of people who play at the Maple Leaf and stuff like that in New Orleans, you know, would go out and play mix. Zig, uh, Zig Boo Moly's played there like all the time. So we would open for him there. Oh, cool. And then we just got going. And then, you know, that kind of took us to like modern times. Then we were like 
you know, young, young touring band and, 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 you know, I stopped doing the Luthery stuff, you know, working on guitars cause we just started getting a touring schedule going and wasn't around enough. And, you know, again, never looked back. Great. Yeah. Well, uh, that's all the time we have. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Great. It stops when my life's, yeah, my, my interview stops when I'm, how old am I there? I'm like 20, 23 or so. <laughs> yeah. It turns out there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah. There's well, when you try to get your life uh, in an hour, it's it's. I guess it's not. It's not. Doesn't always fit. So. Yeah, and um, some of these things are like you kind of have revelations about it when you get 20 years or so away from it. It's like things it's take like, on more meaning. And yeah, different. like like a lot of sort of the things to reflect on are are almost. I'm like figuring out what what you know at the time I didn't, you know the thing the things that I actually thought were important at the time now, like, you know, in this part of my life, some of those don't even matter. And things that I hadn't even considered that were things that were happening that I wasn't even, you know, reflecting or considering on are actually a lot of the most important things. Can, can you, can you just, I, I know I don't want to go too much longer, but um, can you just give maybe an example of something that, that, that would fall into that? You know, like the thing about just the idea of music, you know, when I said like music, I feel like music saved me, you know, mm -hmm. from like the, the, you know, young teen angst of like not knowing your identity. Like at the time I had no idea that that's what was happening, you know? Yeah. But right. like, I, I was just excited about music. But when I look at back at it this time, I think, oh, part of my excitement was probably because I was get I was getting, you know, I was getting like mentally really stimulated by it and spiritually really stimulated by music. But also the fact that I was gaining an identity as a musician was like really propelling me into it also and that's something i don't think i would have ever considered at the time you know yep you know Great. you know things like that another thing maybe like i was saying at that time when i was questioning it you know i don't i, I don't think i knew why i was questioning it but when i look back it's it's clear oh that was the first time in my life i hadn't had a community around me right like yeah. a, my i had my brothers around me you know like and a, and a community of musicians, you know, and, and, and I realized that was actually a really important part of the whole thing to me that again, I never would have necessarily thought, I just thought, Oh, I'm a, I'm a musician. You know? Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure still is. A, a yeah. Oh, well now that's the, when we get into the future talk like that, it's clutch. I feel like I'm feel so blessed to have such an awesome music community around me. And I feel like the scene in the Bay right now is, is more alive than I've ever seen it the whole time I've been in the Bay, which really, is, you know, that's great. Yeah. I really do feel that way. Like that's great. More so than in a lot of ways, like the music, like of the brotherhood of musicians and the interactions and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, I should say brotherhood and, and sisterhood, sisterhood, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. The both, it's not just guys, but you, you know, like that whole thing is like, is real nice in the Bay area right now. More so. Yeah. As yeah, I would say more so. Very cool. Than I've ever seen it. Very cool. That's yeah, yeah. We'll have to reflect on that more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna officially uh, end the recorded section of this call. I, if we could stand the line for a second, I just want to yeah. talk to you off offline for a second. But anyway, sure. Lebo, thanks so much. I, I can't wait for the the second uh, part of this conversation. And thank you for um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for. Um, uh, uh, you know, inception, um, co, uh, commencing the, this, the podcast, the commencement, the commencement. of your, uh, of your I think podcast. It was still, I think I'm, it was still a different word. I, I think so too. What is the, the inaugural podcast? Actually, what's the, uh, what's the, not to get graphic, but what's the word people use when, you know, the, the virginity, you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of the word though. Maybe another time. Think of, what is yeah. that? Um, it, it is late. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, I'm gonna try to think of the word. Okay. I'll, I'll try to know it by next time. <laughs> um, yeah. It it doesn't have to have a dirty context, but and I wasn't yeah. trying. Okay. Anyway, yeah, we should we should stop now. Okay. Lebo, <laughs> I'll see you next time, and thanks yeah. everyone for listening. All right. Um, Absolutely. Gonna, okay. Well, there you have it. Part one of my conversation with Lebo. Really great talking to Lebo. Excited for the second part. Um, but it sure was nice kind of delving into the past and hearing and reflecting on, um, you know, how our experiences 
inform who we are and who we become. Uh, really fascinating stuff, but we certainly have a lot more to get into. So look out for that one. In the meantime, thanks so much for tuning in. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this podcast and um, any feedback you might have. You can contact me through Facebook or Instagram or email through my website. I'd love to hear any ideas of guests you might want me to have on the show uh, and any other ideas for segments. It's not strictly going to be a conversational format, although we will be starting off with uh, definitely a lot of conversations with musicians, but it won't be restricted to that. But a lot, a lot, of, a lot of stuff to come with this podcast, so thanks for, for tuning in. And I will just say one thing, which is that every aspect of this podcast, I'm sure, will get better. I'll figure out how to get better audio. Um, I will get better at saying less ums and ahs and you knows. Uh, I noticed that there were quite a number of those in there. And I will uh, become a better better speaker with less of those filler words. And one day, um, I'm going to interview Terry Gross. I just know it. Okay. Um, that's all I'll say for now. Please uh, subscribe on iTunes and leave a message for me anywhere. Um, we got a little sidetrack there thinking about that Terry Gross comment. Um, I hope it didn't come off as arrogant. I love Terry Gross. She's just, I mean, don't you, don't you, don't, she's just the best. She's the greatest. I know, I know Mark Marin interviewed her and I thought he did a great job. Um, but there's so much more to ask, right? I mean, he can't be the only person that gets to interview Terry Gross. That's just, that doesn't make any sense. Um, and, uh, maybe Mark will be on the show one day too. But in the meantime, I think Melvin Seals actually is on the show for the second episode. So please tune in for that. Uh, I think it's, I, I, if you're listening to this, I've probably already released it. Please subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating if you wish. Although if you don't want to leave a good rating right now, at least give me a few more episodes to warm up and then cast your judgment. Um, although if you don't have anything nice to say, you, you know, that there's that too. You've been listening to the Ezra Lip Hour, more or less. I will catch you next time. Thanks a lot. Take care. Good night.